Welcome to my basement, everybody. I have an incredible guest today, somebody that is a hero of mine in the video game industry. He's made some of my favorite video games of all time. We're talking Defender, we're talking Smash TV, and my absolute favorite arcade game in history of all time is uh, Robotron 64, or Robotron, sorry, I threw in the 64 there. But you know what it is? You have 2084. Robotron 2084, but you have like a Nintendo 64 like sign above you up there, and I'm 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 curious what that is, but it reminded me of the uh, Nintendo 64 pop pop right in my head. But Eugene Jarvis is here with me, and he is um, a phenomenal creator, still building lots and lots of fantastic arcade content for us uh, in his uh, current company called Raw Thrills. And I, I the first question I have for you, Eugene, is that the motto that you kind of live by as a game maker? Is that what you've always pursued, this idea of raw thrills and giving people thrill like that? Yeah, I mean, to me, that's the essence of the arcade experience. You know, it's it's uh, just that, that magic of like playing a game for the first time or getting into the zone like in Robotron or something and you're just, you know, you just, you're in this magical zone. You, you like, you can't get killed. You, you could do anything you want and just like, you everything you do is right and it's just you know bullets flying left and right and bombs bursting all around you and somehow you just you're there you know and it's just it's a magic it's thrilling and that's what that's what i want to be it's i think to me gaming is is kind of a visceral experience it's a intuitive experience and it's just just having that oh my god that was so cool you know did you always feel that, or was that something that you kind of learned in retrospect? Something that you kind of picked up on as you saw people have a visceral reaction to the games that you were building? No, you know that was really my reaction. You know, like the first time I played Space Invaders. I mean, it was just there was just like this this magical world. I mean, you know, 1978. You know, like we didn't even I, we barely had color TVs in those days. <laughs> yeah, like pre. Yes pre-internet pre you know it was bc and uh just the, the, you know <laughs> here was like a tv that you could play on and there's like ai characters what we thought were ai it turned out it was artificial stupidity rather than artificial intelligence <laughs> but it was uh but you just you got in you dropped into that world it was a it was a a new reality a virtual reality in a primitive state and and you just dropped into that world and you lived that world of, of space invaders and that that was kind of the first game, although I guess Space Wars also, which was yep. uh, um amazing game from actually the early sixties, if you can believe. And probably and great, great uh player versus player. But uh Space Invaders was the first real player versus machine game that got you got you into the zone. And you had already been working um, with, I think, Steve Ritchie at the time making pinball games right. and you you had a history in amusements, but I share the similar kind of fascination with how video games just kind of blipped on. And it was that the way that it was for you? It's like they weren't there, and then they were there, and they were massive almost immediately. Like people just went, oh my God, this is so cool. But did you see that as your gateway? Did you see it as, well, this is where I'm going to throw my my creative force? You know, because it feels like that's what happened yeah, with you. Yeah. Is you you yeah. got the door opened and you you went to town. Yeah, I mean, there had been video games. There had been Pong. There was, you know, Breakout. There was um, obviously Space Wars. You know, some, some pretty cool games, but nothing that just totally grabbed me. I was a pinball guy, you know. And I was like, yeah. I was like, man, this is, you know, pinball. It's just such a rich experience. 
And uh, and I just thought, you know, the early video games were kind of primitive, not a lot mm. of replayability, um, and just pretty simple, you know, but fun, but simple, kind of like, you know, a pet rock or something. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, once the microprocessor got into the video games with Space Invaders and, you know, Pac-Man and, you know, all the rest of them, um, it, it just blew it up. And it was like night and day. It was like you went from, you know, a stick figures jumping around on the screen, you know, pong balls to, you know, fully formed alien invasion. Amazing. Um, I watched uh, Josh Way's uh, Insert Coin doc and I had him on the show not too long ago and I, I absolutely loved it. Your bits were the standouts for me, though, and um, as as much as the the '90s era Midway was phenomenal, and and uh, we saw the rise of NBA Jam and Mortal Kombat, I, 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 what was clear in that documentary, but I, what I know innately because I've been following your career and I've talked with you many times over the years, is that you know those games really stood on the shoulders of giants like yourself. And what was it like for you to? reflect on those days and uh what were your thoughts on the, on the way that the documentary came together and do you feel like i feel like there's a lot more to say about the the early days of midway uh yeah you know um it was an awesome documentary and you know i, I kind of actually i didn't know what i was doing on screen so much but <laughs> the great guys in there um but, uh, you know, it was, you know, you build on the shoulders of games before, just as I built on, you know, with Defender, kind of, it was kind of sideways Space Invaders in some ways, you know? And, sure, yeah. And then, you know, you're playing, uh, you know, Space Invaders with your left hand, and then, you know, your right hand was Space Wars, you know? So it was, I mean, you know, that's how you, you know, to make something original, rip off more than two things, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and... Uh, um, but, uh, you know, so it, it, you know, you build on everything and that's, that's the cool thing about it. You know, it's, it's like, we're all just building. It's a free exchange of ideas from everywhere and, and just incredible new things come up. You know, you think everything's been invented, like, you know, I, I mean, there was kind of a time, you know, when the video game crash hit in the mid eighties and, you know, we had, you know, character games and we had shooter games and we had sports games and we had, you know, it was kind of like everything's been done you know like yeah. like what what am i going to do now you know and and but then it's like um i mean it was so weird it was like i remember there was a time like hey let's make a football game nobody has ever made a football game like yeah let's make one you know and then then you like you know you go to the arcade and like fuck somebody else got a football game and it's, <laughs> <laughs> that idea. well you know that's done that's done you know so screw football games let's let's make the first you know let's make the first hockey game you know it's like i mean <laughs> It was so when you, you didn't realize like there's going to be more than one football game. <laughs> like, you know, this is going to be whole genres of stuff for for you know, you know it's it's like each 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 genre is like a mini like supernova, creating you know all this incredible potential ideas for the future. You know, uh, and I when did you realize that? When did you, when did that really kind of come into your head that uh, this is an endless medium and we're just sort of scratching the surface right now? Yeah, I think it was really after the, the kind of the first crash. And, um, you know, after, you know, we were all kind of, it was such a mania, you know, for a few years. Yeah. I think everybody had maybe a little too much screen time and, you know, wanted to do a little detox and, uh, you know, go to the Canyon Ranch or something. But um, the... Uh, 
I, I think you know you, you start reflecting like well, where are games going you know and and I was just I was kind of thinking about stuff and like and I was thinking like wow man um, you know they had I, I don't even remember like early some of the early uh, midway games they had this game called Journey where you yep. actually saw the members of the band on the screen you know and yep. it was wow man you're like they have people you know they're digitizing people in a video game and then it was like well hell man let's like really why are all video games cartoons you know like most movies aren't cartoons they're live action things you know and that's kind of where the inspiration of an art came in you know it's like well, holy you know man we can do live action movie video games where you live the game you know and and you know now 40 years later i mean the stuff is is better than movies you know it's it's uh it's it's awesome man um let's talk a little bit about um creating robotron and uh you know i know that this is one of your games that you're most famous for is it still yeah. i i think i've asked you before is it your favorite of the games that you've made yeah it is for some reason uh yeah i just it's the one i come back to i mean uh and i think you know defender is a great game but i think I, you know i just don't have the twitch for it anymore <laughs> so <laughs> i like to think robotron is Although you know, there's a lot of Twitch there, but it's more of like the Zen, the Zen mind of video games. You know, you like you you kind of have to, you know, center yourself and like, you know, go into a trance and somehow you can, everything works out. You know. Um, are you are you um, well? Let's talk a little bit about the uh, philosophy behind the game and what it yeah. took for you to to kind of you know, center on the idea of moving with one hand and, and shooting in different directions with the because that hadn't been done before. And it's still, it's that idea is copied more and more, but it's still relatively rare as a concept, but it's so pure. You've nailed something right away with that. Yeah, it was, um, it, it was based on, you know, I had some frustrations playing Berserk, which was mm. an early robot game. And, and I've it, got Berserk on the uh, Vectrex behind me back like, there, by the way. <laughs> Just by just by coincidence, <laughs> and I just I was really I mean, actually I was making Defender at the time. We were just had a couple more months to go on Defender, and and like you know went to the arcade like what what is this this new game Berserk you know like, and it was just like again I had one of those like experiences like this is so incredible I just got sucked into the reality, and you know just lot you know dreamt of Evil Auto and these robot and these you know evil robots. And, uh, you know, and, and, but I, it was just frustration with the control, you know, because first of all, you had these electric walls, like electrified walls. So you, you really were cramped. You know, there wasn't a lot of freedom, like, say, with Robotron. And yeah. it, it was maze. And so you had to be very touchy with your controller. But then at the same time, you had to point it at something to shoot at, you know. And but you start moving toward that thing, you know. And it's just like, damn, you know, like, can't we? How do you like? move you know like can't we have a different move than a shoot you know and, and you think like well in real life you know if you're you can you know run away from somebody and shoot them you know it's like having that independence um just you know would open you know open up so much more gameplay and uh but it's interesting how that kind of a pure um two joystick uh move fire game um you know for a lot of people that was too much they really could, yeah. and, and this was early in the in the evolution, you know, yeah. like people really could only deal with one joystick at a time. So it, it turned out it was kind of the select group of people and uh, a lot of like ambidextrous people or, or left handed people who are tend to be ambidextrous because it's a right hand world. So 
it, it was a uh, you know maybe like different you know right brain left brain i don't know what it was but it was a different set of people that played robotron that's that's super interesting so yeah. it it was um it i'm sure it was a successful game but maybe it wasn't quite the smash that defender was or joust was or some of the other ones that that midway have um, you know, I think it was probably as it was as good as it's Joust, but the Defender was the killer. You know, probably Defender sold like seventy thousand games, where Robotron was around nineteen or something. Crazy, it's a, and but it's it's, it's a, for an arcade game. It, it's amazing, and it's endured as well because I talk to people all the time, and it's their yeah. favorite, and it's and it's my favorite, and it's exactly that sort of Zen thing. I was a basketball player in high school, and I was learning to dribble with both hands, and I don't know if. Uh, you know that was part of it. It's just the ability to, and and because it was so, you know, unique, it had this kind of, uh, I don't know, this extra cool factor to it. You know, but you went back to Dual Stick with Smash TV and Total Carnage, right. and those those are also indelible games, especially Smash TV. Smash TV feels like 2020, as a matter of fact. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, it, oh my god, <laughs> little, uh, you know, kind of like yeah. Killing, killing uh, people for toasters, man. That's where That's like. <laughs> I, I, I still love the game, and um, you. I don't know if you hear this that often, but the, this this was a game that I played. It's the, that cartridge, by the way, uh, that I played on my Super Nintendo back in the day with my wife. We were boyfriend and girlfriend at the time, but we finished Smash TV together. That's one of the the pillars of us <laughs> enduring as a couple as we played video games together, and that was one that we both loved. Um, wh what was it like pitching a concept like that to Midway? Was it pretty much, if you have an idea, you go, or did you um, have to go through? You know, it's funny, it was very informal in those days. And, yeah. uh, and you just, you know, if you had a certain track record, um, you know, you could pretty much do something. And uh, Mark Jamel, um was really a, a big force behind that game and yep. he loved the twin shooters and you know was really wanted to wanted to like bring robotron back and i'm kind of like i'm like going in i you know like dude i mean robotron it was good but you know it was you know not a huge seller you know and you know are you sure you want to do this you know it's like and uh but you know um i got psyched by it and, and we decided to to bring Smash TV back, I mean, to Robotron back as Smash TV, and and but t with all new wrinkles, you know, I mean, it's like uh, you know, bringing the whole game show, you know, the uh, Running Man thing, and then kind of a RoboCop feel to it. Good luck. You'll need it. Pretty much, we just came up with it and went with it. I mean, there wasn't there wasn't really any, you know, if if you had some clout in the studio, you just did with the, whatever you wanted to. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, well, you, you know, Midway obviously uh, moved from pinball and and gone into the video game industry, yeah. and then got heavy into uh, the arcade scene, and the arcade scene kind of transformed and transitioned, and then they got into the to the uh, home scene. And you did some home software for a while, but I I feel like your heart has always been in the arcade. Is yeah, that true? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, uh, there's just like, I don't know, it was uh, certainly early on, you know, just the controls, even today, they, they, they again, they don't have that physical feel. It's much yeah. more, much more mental. You can't, you know, like Robotron, you can like grab the game and like, you know, slam it against the wall and, you know, 
it's just like you, you, you feel like you, the more you push that joystick you're pushing you know i've, I've pretty much destroyed my left hand um because <laughs> you're pushing that joystick like you, even though it's a digital switch you're not going to go any faster for some reason if you press it you know with three thousand pounds of force <laughs> you're, you're convinced you're going to go you're going to move just slightly you know one one pixels per second um faster you know and and so but there's that like that there's kind of this physical your whole body is getting into the control you know where um the console is more of a mind game you have to be very um relaxed and very precise you know the joystick has like one half one millionth of an ounce of force on it you know so but it's great you can really move it quickly um it's probably a better control but you just it feels to me like it's it's almost out of control you know and, and yeah it's 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 you don't i don't know to me it's just the arcade is the arcade controls just feel right feel physical it's more athletic i guess there is that uh, uh, real connection to the machine as part of the content as well right <laughs> like it it becomes it's like you're doing a dance with the game you know like it physicalizes <laughs> the whole connection to it it's not just the what you see on screen it's like you are enveloped in that world while you play yeah, and you kind of like, and it like, you know, when you, like, when you finish a wave, you like, you know, take your hands off the joysticks and jump around and like, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> you, know, you, know you, you can't do that with your controller. You can't throw your controller away, like, oops, you know, like, it's just yeah. like, you know, you're just like, boom, I did it, you know, <laughs> kind of like, you know, you're, you're, uh, well, you can do that once and then you go, well, that was a $70 mistake. I can't, I can't do that again. Yeah, I guess the, the Wii guys were throwing their Wii boats, you know, through their, <laughs> you know, 70 inch TV screens. I remember that was, that was pretty interesting. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so I, I, what, what's it? What's it like to make arcade games now? Is it the same as it was for you in the 80s and the 90s? Is it the same principles and the same philosophies? Or is it a totally different business for you? Um, not, you know, it's very, very sim similar principles. You know, I think the principles yeah. are still the same. And it's weird, like pinball kind of is maybe, you know, almost a precursor to video games in the sense that, you know, they have three balls, you have three lives, you know, it's like, it, it's interesting how the, the, you know, you play as long, you know, in the classic arcade, you know, you play as long as your lives last. Pinball's the same way, you know. So it kind of comes from the arcade video game evolved from pinball, like the rules of pinball. Sure. And, uh, so, but in all the things, you know, the, 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 the uh, user interface, the making the player feel empowered, the, um, you know, just have to make things, you know, it's you do have to make things easier than you ever thought you know because you know it's it's you get so good doing a game that you forget what it's like to be a bad player you know yeah and so you really got to think about newbies and and you know having you know not to create too much of a horror show which robotron maybe is but <laughs> 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 remember, you know i remember just just when i was when i was coming up with the the, the idea you know i was like in of Robotronius, and it was like, kind of like uh, it's like taking Space Invaders to two dimensions, you know. Like Space Invaders comes down from the top, and Robotron's like, "Well, man, you know, let's let's just put you in the middle of the screen and have shit coming from everywhere, you know." And, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, that was a lot, yes, for right, sure. Or yeah. you know, not really newbie friendly game, but, <laughs> uh, but it's but it see, but you you kind of have these these rules and how to make the player feel 
like they're the most powerful thing in the universe, but then you have to make the enemies just that much more powerful, you know, to yeah. balance, you know, and so, um, but it's this whole dance of, you know, and, and, and kind of the difficulty, you know, curves, you know, I think one of the cool things about, um, you know, really rich game, it's not just, you know, you know, wave one is easy, wave two is medium and wave three, you die, you know, it's, it's, you know, it has this curve, then maybe you get to level and it, it goes back down again. You relax, you know, you kind of, it's kind of like the waves of the ocean, you know, they're yeah. always interesting, you know. If, if, you know, if every wave was bigger than the last wave, you know, it's, it's not interesting. So you have to, you know, give the guy some hope, even though he's, he's on a terminal mission, you know, it's like, yeah. you're like, yeah. oh, I'm doing better, I'm doing better. You're like, <laughs> yeah, here you are, yeah. It's like, <laughs> Oh man! Yeah. And then, and then there there gets you know if you're doing the multiplayer type games, you know, human human competition, you know, and I, I did, we've done a lot of driving games over the years, you know, the Cruising series and Fast and Furious, and um, and we just brought back Cruising Blast, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, but it, you know, that's about how do you have a competitive experience that's fun, you yeah. know, because when you really have the most enjoyment you have to be able to have some kind of handicapping, you know, some kind of thing. Like I, you know, my, my brother kicks my ass every day, you know, I suck. How do we have fun together? You know? So you yeah. have to, you know, you put in some kind of rubber banding, you put in some kind of, uh, you know, exciting features that basically the idea is you compress the result of a game, you know, like, so if I, you know, if I race, uh, uh, Usain Bolt, you know, in the 100 meter race, you know, instead of him beating me by, you know, 90 yards, you know, it's like we compress the race down so that the 90 yards is like nine inches, you know, <laughs> and, yes. you, know, yes. you, know, you know, I'm right with them, you know, even though I'm getting <laughs> my ass killed, you know, so it's like you have, you know, to make things interesting, to make it fun, to make it a, a great competition, uh, you know, so there's, you know, a lot of things go into play um to make it make an exciting fun game dude when when i see you on screen when i talk with you you know when i saw you in the documentary i see this guy that i don't know if you this was on purpose but you found something that has given you great joy and it comes off of you do, do, do you do you feel that i mean i just watched tron not too long ago the the original one and Jeff Bridges, you know, showing off his arcade. I get that vibe from you, you know, like you are just surrounded by all, all this great enjoyment that you've created for the world. Is, is that, is that a, a good characterization of yourself? Do you feel like you've been able to bring a lot of happiness to people over the years? You know, to some extent, you know, I'm always, uh, I, I just, you know, I, the problem is, you know, you work on a game, and um there's always at some point you have to ship it you know it's like yeah and it's like it's like you know for, you know it's, it's real work exactly and, and that guy i mean it's funny like this guy I, I was old computer programmer back in my atari days and he and he said yeah you know at some point the software becomes useful <laughs> you know and, <laughs> and, and so you know you, you have to ship it. and it's always like and there's always like three things that really pissed you off about that game that you yes. just you know, and so I don't know. It's it's to me. I think one thing, being a, a great game designer, you have to kind of be passionate, and you have to really, um, you really, you always have like, what am I doing wrong? You know, it's like, 
that's always, you know, you wake up in the morning, like, what did we screw up on this game? You know, what are the mm. hundred things I got to fix? You know, and, you, and you, you're trying to fix it and fix it. And, you know, you fix 10 things and you find 10 more, you know, and, and at some point it's a pretty good game. It's not perfect, you know, and, and you just ship it. And, but you always, you know, let, you have that nagging suspicion, man, I wish I could go back and fix those bugs and you know, <laughs> make that perfect game. You know, and but then then after a while you go, well, that's too much work. I'll just make a new game that'll be perfect. You know, <laughs> and uh, but it, the joy is uh, watching people play your games. I mean, that's the true joy. And, and the cool thing in the arcade is, although now with streaming, you know, you can watch all kinds of people playing games. But the yeah. arcade, you can stand next to someone and and see them live. You know, enjoying your game, seeing some, the the laughter, the smiles, the you know the broke the uh, broken screens. You know, the, <laughs> the, the kicked in coin doors by the guy that got frustrated. And, and it, but it's it's almost like the the battle today is really you don't want everybody to have a great experience. It's almost like you just want a reaction. You know? Yeah. It's like yeah. You can. Well, you 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 want the person to feel like they've overcome it too, right? Like you want to. Exactly. It, it should be a challenge so that it's not like a flat, like there should be people that are awesome at your thing, right? Yeah. That's part of what yeah. what you're building. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if the guy cares enough about the game to like break the screen, that's what <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, you get that, like he, he really cared about it. You know, like, you know? And, and I, that's almost the best compliment of all, you know, it's like, <laughs> Does it feel like a, a mental chess game sometimes? Like, like because you know gamers are so much better than you probably can design too, and they probably figure out all kinds of ways to beat what you've created. Is it a bit of like a, a, a head-to-head sometimes? Does it feel like, well, let's see if they can do this, and then they go, and they do do it. Does it feel like a little back and forth sometimes? Uh, you know, certainly like Robotron. I mean, I basically threw everything. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought, okay, this time, you know, it's not going to happen. You know, it's like, this is going to be the one they won't be. And uh, human ingenuity is just uh, incredible. You know, the, the talent of, of people and unlikely people that you would never, you know, very mild-mannered people could be the greatest, you know, Robotron player in the world. You know, it's, uh, it is amazing, uh you know, they're just and, and and you have to respect it. And like the the way they go after the game in a totally different way than you thought, you know, would yeah. to be played. You know, and and I, I mean that's that was one of the Robotron. There's just a lot of magical stuff happened out there. It was kind of like emergent. What do you call it? Emergent behavior. You know, yes. where you get enough like primitive AIs together, and then all of a sudden you get these weird behaviors, and and the great players kind of learn how these things react and a lot of it's the bugs you know the bugs mm. almost give life to a game you know they, they create these weird exceptions weird things happen you know um you know you and uh the uh you know which which it makes it something cool something different you know and lots of randomness i think is, is also key people love randomness you know they i mean yeah. you know five trillion slot machine players you know aren't, aren't sitting there <laughs> because they, you know, they want to control the deal. You know, it's like, 
you know, it's it, randomness is so interesting, and it, it creates all kinds of interesting. It's like look again, like watching the ocean, you know. Oh, dude, I know it's a huge deal. It's a huge pull, and I'm I'm having this conversation with my kid right now about uh, blind boxes because in the toy industry, it's all about. Uh, you know, buying a package where you don't know what you're going to get. And she is very keen and knows that the fun of it is the surprise of it. But that's also, that can be a dark, slippery slope where you just don't know what you're spending your money on. And it's always this, and it's definitely a part of the video game industry, part yeah. of the casino industry. Um, you have made so many games now, though. Do you do you know how many games you, you have worked on? Do you have a count of how many things you've put out into the world? I kind of, I kind of lost count a while back, but <laughs> I don't know. It's probably, I don't know, maybe thirty or forty. I don't know what it is, but in uh, um, every game, you want to make it like the best game, you know, you can, you know, and uh, sometimes it doesn't work out. But <laughs> what know. do you, what do you look for for designers at Roth Thrills? Because I know you run this company, and and you see the Roth Thrills brand. If you ever go to an, uh, you know, an arcade, I've been into some incredible arcades, like the the ones in Portland are just amazing. Um, but if you look around, I played this giant Space Invaders game that you guys right, made, right, right, which is right. just mind blowing. And I, it, you know, it, it gives me a great Roth thrill to know that you're behind all, all a lot of these brand new, you know, ways for us to escape. But like, what do you guys look for when you bring in someone? new or you know someone that hasn't designed for arcades before I, because that seems to be a, a rare discipline exactly. and a, and a, exactly. right yeah, yeah so what do you look for yeah it's really um i think it's really it's passion you know somebody who has passion for the game um you know they can learn the industry you know but and it's and you, and you need to be able to um accept feedback you, know, you need to be like if you know, 10 players, if you have this, you know, it always starts out like, I have the genius game, you know, yeah, this, is, yeah. this is, this is the new, you know, Fortnite. This is going to rule the world, you know, and then, you know, like 10 pe people play it and nine people go, you know, this really sucks, you know, and, <laughs> and if, and if you're that one guy that, that goes, no, this is great, you know, that's, they're all bullshit. This game is great. You know, if you're that guy, then either you're like Steve Jobs or you're a complete failure, but, but you're probably not going to make it as a game designer. You know, you right. got to listen to the people. You got to listen to the players. You got to, um, you know, see what's going on. You know, and, and be be always. You know, it's like it's like you almost got to be ready to, like, if something if this your favorite feature is a loser, then jump into something else. It's almost yeah. I, I see it. It's like you can't plan it all out ahead of time. You can't write a thousand page document. And this is the way the game's going to be. You have to go and try something and play it and like, is that fun or not? You know, and then you, then you go, OK, well, that's oh, that's sort of fun. But, but there's 20 things that are bad. And I need to fix those 20 things, you know. And so it's it's an iterative process of playing the game and, and making the game. And the Space Invaders game that we did is a huge is a huge, uh, you know, example of that, because, um, you know, we started out with just regular old Space Invaders. You know, and which I love. I love that game dearly, but it's, you know, in, from 1978 to 2020, a lot of shit has happened. And, <laughs> yes. And, and players. A lot, a, lot of, a lot of shit has happened just in 2020. Right. <laughs> right. right. And, you know, 
And there's a lot of, you know, we're like, we were like, you know, 40 years of ADHD beyond that. And so yes, yes. Like a modern game, you just have to have a lot more going on. You have to have a lot more intense and, you know, you need, you got to get people's attention. There's 5 billion channels of shit out there, you know, and like, yeah, it has to be the craziest, you know? And so it was weird. We were playing the game of the game with the regular space invaders and, and just go, man, you know, I, I love this game, but I don't think kids today are going to get it, you know? And, and then, uh, you know, right next to it, we had our Jurassic park game with these big ass machine guns, you know? <laughs> and it's like, like, you know, well, what's, well, how can we fix a space invader game? You look over <laughs> like, well, shit, put a machine gun on it. <laughs> what the hell? Of course. You know, like, that's, that's like the dream. What's the dream? What is your, what is the dream of space invaders? You know, it's like, I don't want to have a, you know, a one shot gun. I want to have, you know, a massive weapon, you know? And, yeah. Yeah. And so then, you know, we, we put in the massive weapon, then it was cool, but, you know, you killed them all in like three seconds. So then it was like, well, what do we do now? Well, let's have multiple <laughs> matrices of space invaders. We'll have, you know, five, you know, five squares of space invaders, you know, coming down, like, you know, have, you know, 90 or, you know, 300 space invaders coming down, you know, we'll have really fast ones. And then like, okay, now it's too hard. Okay. Now we have to give the player power-ups, you know, <laughs> and, you know, so it's like this back and forth, uh you know dance between the power of the enemy and your power and trying to make that fun and exciting and so but then it it was like but the magic was putting those machine guns on there it was it was similar to robotron where robotron you know we I, i'd worked on the game like two days and when when i had when i got move fire going and it was just like okay you know i had like the grunt on the screen and move fire and like this is fun you know like this is just you know, I can't fuck this up. This is this is too much fun. You know, it's like, which is very rare. I think it's very rare to have a game that's that much fun after one day that you know you won. You know, that's but, awesome. Um, that was magic. You know, I've, I've I, unfortunately I've worked on a lot of games that weren't fun after two years. <laughs> you know, that's that's a, that's a whole other story. <laughs> well, it must be. Uh, it must be. I mean, I, I, I can feel the pull just talking with you. It must be just incredible to have like physical assets that you can attach and, re, you know, detach and reapply. And that's part of the design of your game. It must that I mean, that must be a huge part of the pull for you. Yeah. The controls, having it a control that's precisely what you want. You that's know? so great. And, uh, that, and that's kind of the, the magic of the arcade. You know, we can and we can have the big screens now, you know, and, you know, just creating this crazy it's a spectacle you know and, yeah and, and so that's it, it's uh you know it's kind of a golden age right now of the arcade although with the covid thing i know i was gonna ask uh, has that just it's so <laughs> brutal i i have a great friend that uh has opened up a, a place in uh, toronto called 8-bit beans and they just opened up and then this damn covid came out like this awesome cafe arcade thing and there seems to be more and more of that happening out there which is great for your business uh but everybody's in like uh, how is it right now is everybody yeah. just calling calling crying and saying i, I just, can't buy this or yeah we're just in suspended animation you know so um but you know this is not going to last forever and and no uh, but you know that's it's it, this tragedy i mean there's a lot of uh arcades a lot of places that are you know, struggling really badly. And, uh, yeah. you know, and we're, uh, we're, we're gonna, you know, we're just working on the next generation of games and, you know, until our money runs out. Yes. 
<laughs> well, the quarters keep coming, man. I guess they're not quarters anymore. They're tokens. Dude, and like I I love going to arcades still to this day. And uh, if I had a dream, it would be to make my show, Electric Playground, in an arcade, surrounded by the history of this medium. There's something just pure and beautiful about uh, the physicalization of, of yeah. these these incredible entertainments that just popped up, man. They just popped out of nowhere. And and, and you were there. I, I definitely have to ask about Midway. It's owned by Warner Brothers. There's all of these brands. And right. I just feel like they're just sitting there, you know? And when you see something like a giant Space Invaders in the middle of this flashy, cool arcade, it's like, well, why isn't there... A, and you know a brand new defender or a brand new narc or a brand new does is that something that you would want to do is that something that you wonder you know why isn't it being done um you know i i uh i think you know the right timing you know um they you know they tried to do a couple of narcs and you know they had one where you know you became the drug dealer or something. yes <laughs> like yes and it kind of i think that kind of as you as they call it jumping the shark you know it's like <laughs> Um, so, you know, in some ways, I'm glad they haven't done another one, <laughs> another narc. But, um, yeah, I think, I think there is some, 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 something there, you know, and, uh, um, it would be love to, love to, you know, revisit some of this with today's technology. And, you know, I always dream, I don't know, you're familiar with the game Killer Queen? Uh, it sounds familiar, but I, tell me about it. So it's a, um, these guys, uh, I guess they're from New York, um, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. So they're cool. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a 10-player arcade game where wow. the action is, um, it's kind of like Joust meets Super Mario or something. <laughs> and, uh, but it's, just, it's, it's it's awesome, like, 10-player live experience, you know. And, and it's in a few our arcades around the country. And uh, it's like, it's, it's just like a whole new kind of thing to get 10 people yeah. to five versus five two different teams that's awesome and crazy crazy game and uh but i always you know i, I kind of get inspiration of that and i go well hell how about again you know, if we get 10 guys playing robotron you know on some yes. screen you know and and uh you know do something you know riff on that or you know I, a lot of the classic video games would be so much fun to open it up to like large group play you know? Oh my God, that is an excellent idea because you, you'd be like laying down cover fire and flanking and yeah. almost almost gears of warring, a Robotron type of thing. That would be incredible. Yeah. Please, think... ma please make that game. Okay. I want to play that game. Yep. Well, uh, watch for my Kickstarter, man. Uh... <laughs> do you? Do you? Um, I know what happens with a lot of comic book creators and a lot of um, you know people that have been making cool things for a long time is that they get invited to conventions and things like that. And I'm I'm wondering if the, these barcades have you know rolled out a red carpet for you to come down and be a guest and you know open th some of these things. Does that ever happen for you? Uh, yeah, on occasion. I lo I actually I love going out to these places. So sometimes I just go out anonymously. You know, it's like because yeah. I don't want to be a big deal and and just. just because I love to just watch the players play and see what they're doing, you know, and see sure. what they're doing. And, uh, but, we, you know, we have a place in Chicago that um, we debut a lot of our games, you know, and uh, um, it's called Logan Arcade. And uh, and uh, so that's it's kind of near and dear to my heart. Um, and uh, um, so that's cool. But, yeah, I, you know, we go around. There's a, 
I guess there's a, actually quite a scene in Chicago. There's another place called Galloping Ghosts. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's I think they have more classic video games than any place. Uh, oh, that's in, awesome! In, in the world, I think they have like seven, uh, like five hundred uh, classic games. It's it's a um, it's not it's not a bar. It's just a true arcade, and you I think you pay like twenty bucks or something to play all day, and you know until your you know your phosphor burns your eyeballs out. <laughs> yeah. um, that sounds like heaven to me, brother. I love that, that kind of thing. You know, yeah, I get. It was it was that stuff that got me on my path, you know. Like it was it was just the uh, just the love of the arcade experiences that you and your colleagues were making, and and uh, I totally just loved games and wanted to find out who was making them, and that's what got me going, and that's why I eventually ended up at Midway, and we you know visited and talked with you back in the day, and yeah, it's all very surreal to me. Are you still a fan? Do you still play lots of stuff? Is there, are you always kind of doing research on what what is getting made? Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I play all the uh, arcade games. I, you know, I, I am a little, uh, I'm kind of into match free games to to an extent, you know. And, sure, uh, sure. I'm playing this one called uh, Tune Blast. I don't know if you've heard, heard of that one. No, uh, no. I, I think it's, I think Zenka just bought these guys. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, 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 it was, I mean, it's amazing the, um, you know, kind of the whole monetization, you know, of these, uh, of like the match free and a lot, a lot of the mobile stuff, you know. Um, yep. And they pulled uh, a lot from arcades, didn't they? They pulled exactly. a lot of what? Yeah, like they learned a lot about like, oh, you didn't do that well. But why don't you throw in a little bit more and you'll get a little bit further the next? Yeah, it's amazing. So so much learning from what you guys were kind of putting yeah, well, together. Yeah, Smash TV was all about that. You know, it's like yeah. you know, it's the continue game. You got to keep paying. You know, and you hit the boss monster. That's the the paywall. You know, it's like, you know, wave 73 and Candy Crush, man. You're never going to get through this without buying some shit, you know. And, uh, <laughs> you know I mean, we kind of pioneered that stuff. And I, I don't know if you remember the game Cyberball where they had the... Oh, yeah. Uh, you could buy that extra, uh, you know, buy a robotic quarterback. You know, you could get, upgrade your, your guys. Um, I think the off-road game, you could... You know, it's, it's, it's interesting, like... You would always, uh, you know, before you started the game with your buddies, you'd say, "Okay, now nobody buy upgrades, okay? Nobody yeah. buy it's okay." And, uh, <laughs> and then, you know, and then like, you know, halfway through, you know, you're rifling the money and you're getting behind, you know, <laughs> you're upgrading everything, you know. So it, it's interesting how it, it uh, you know, just that from that night from the '80s arcade game, you know, the uh, basically the. Uh, mobile game today is you know it's it's the arcade is in your pocket you know and it's it's inescapable yeah. it's inescapable yeah. it's, uh you know it's it's uh what, what you know it's maybe even more addictive well you you mentioned the arcade is in your pocket but here is my thing and i, I know you can't do anything about this but I have wanted a perfect portable Robotron forever, and all of these great portable machines keep coming, and we now arguably have the best portable machine ever with the Nintendo Switch. You, there still is no definitive portable Robotron 2084. Now, that, I know that goes against all of the sacredness of the arcade experience, but... But there is still, like, in, to this day, no one has crafted. Now, there's been a million mobile copies of Robotron and you and you see a lot of that has there been one that you've played one dual stick shooter that you've played over the years that has been like oh man they really they they nailed something there I really 
I, I respect their decisions. Um, you know, certainly like like Geometry Wars and some of those. Yeah. Uh, you know, there were some classics. Um, uh, and there, actually, there's you know, in, in the uh, console front, there's there's been a few. Um, actually, uh, yeah, a few years ago, I worked with this Finnish company, um, Housemark, and we did this. Yes. Next Makina, which was kind of a you know Robotron esque. You know, it was, it was Robotron with you know. Uh, human growth hormone and steroids. <laughs> awesome. It was. I don't. Tempting. I don't know. I don't know if I've played that. I like Housemark stuff. I've played a bunch of stuff, but I don't think I've played that particular one. I, I'm going to download that after we're done. Yeah, it's. I think it. it may, you know, it's. It's very rare. Um, I think it was just too. Too damn hard. You know. Yeah. Like, uh, it, and that's the problem with the Robotron games. But it was like Robotron to the you know third power. Um, but. Uh, you know, it's tough. It, they become it's a hard game, and uh, you know, it's it's a it's a more of it's a niche audience. But I would love to see something. You know, have a have a nice Robotron on the Switch. You know, with today's controllers, obviously, you know, you have the move fire thing. So you know, it's not like Atari where you you know, it's funny. Like the first Robotron, I had to take two Atari sticks and screw them onto a board. I, yeah, I had that version. <laughs> <laughs> I I I remember I had it for the uh the the Atari 800 computer and you could play it with one joystick and one button it was like what this is not Robotron so you can't play it that way but yeah that the uh, you know you mentioned the uh Super Nintendo Smash TV and yeah. it's amazing how many people cuz the arcade game was fairly scarce so yeah most Smash TV players have grown up on that one and that was just like an amazing port by a friend of mine, Jamie Rivette. Um, unbelievable quality in that that port, and it's just it's it's, 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 just it still plays and runs beautifully in 2020. I've got it on uh, one of the analog um, uh, Super NTs back there, and I play it all the time. It's a beautiful game. Now my kid is playing it right now, which is which is just <laughs> awesome. So, you you this has been a big part of your life, video games and. Yeah. I, I are you surprised by that, or was that something that you, as a younger developer, kind of went, "Now nah, this is what I want to do for forever and ever." Yeah, I think after I I got through organic chemistry, I, video games started looking really good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, it, it is. Uh, I've always loved playing games. You know, I've been competitive. I love playing chess and. You know, blackjack. I mean, we were playing blackjack out in the playground, you know, in fifth grade. I mean, you know, thank God we didn't go to jail. But, um, uh, you know, I just always loved games. And, and so it's it's something that I never, you know, as I was growing up, I, I didn't aspire to be a video game writer because video games really didn't exist. You know, yeah. so it was just like a lucky break that by the time I, you know, was looking for a job, there was such a thing as a video game designer or a game designer. I mean, it was pretty cool that's awesome uh can you tell us anything that you're working on right now is anything that we should be uh, on the lookout for from from rothrills um yeah well we're working uh actually we're working on actually a vr game right now oh uh, wow yeah that uh you know and, and there's some the vr technology you know it's been hyped for you know uh i guess it's several times over the yeah, years yeah it's, it's, uh, it started i mean the first vr demonstration was in like 1960 eight or something wow. um but uh you know i remember back in the in the uh um early 90s you know there was a big vr thing and you know and i think 
technology was not it was like the newton tablet you know just yep it wasn't there and uh you know frame rate was bad resolution was bad um you know lots of vertigo lots of lots of barf bags and uh and over you know and i think uh you know we and kind of we had that second coming with oculus and you know palmer lucky who's a great sales guy awesome yep. dude and uh great great entrepreneur and but you know again it wasn't quite ready for prime time and but i think we're almost i think just at the point everybody's kind of sick of it i think <laughs> i think uh, actually, <laughs> now it's on, time <laughs> you know, we're on the verge of of actually having some really cool headset you know like super high resolution you yep. know running stuff at, at 90 120 hertz you know um with you know 4k 8k type um headsets i mean i think we're going to see some really cool stuff and so we got really excited because um you know the arcade you don't you don't want to be selling barf bags and no. uh, you know what clean up on uh you know clean up on aisle seven you know it's like yeah yes because uh, nobody wants to be the next guy to sit down there you know it's like <laughs> but um uh we uh you know so we're, we got in this thing and so we're doing it it's based on the um on king kong Oh my God! Really? And so you're, wow. you're, going, you're going to Skull Island. You know, you're. Um, it's a motion game, um, and uh, you uh, and you, and it's got uh, you actually utilizing your hands as a you know as your interactive piece, and uh, so it's 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 really mind blowing, and and we're still, you know, refining it and getting it going, but it's going to be out in uh you know maybe six months or something um, that's incredible man because so, king kong and godzilla are coming pretty soon right there's going to be a big king kong godzilla right, right so this that, is you know pre-godzilla here but <laughs> that's is, so cool this is you know the reboot king kong the reboot back to this yeah. whole I, I mean, I'm just cluing into this, but you're kind of yeah. like at the scale of uh, you're at theme park scale in some ways at this point, right? Like that's, that's a, it's yeah, you're yeah. you're in between what we what we can get with our big screen TVs at home on our great machines and theme parks. And you're building sort of the 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 glue or the thread between these two experiences. Yeah, it's kind of, a you know, the pint sized themes uh, theme park. But it's so cool because you can just put, you can get so much, um, you know, we can really, you know, like that getting in the zone and getting lost in the game and obviously the immersion of th VR, I mean, you yeah. really, I mean, you can, you know, you're, you're totally there, you know, like you yep. can't, can't, can't even escape it, you know, and, um, and it's I, been a good year for VR. We had uh, Half-Life Alex is just insane. And uh, the Iron Man VR game that I've just played right. recently is very right. cool. Like it's really coming together. And I, I've always felt like VR in uh, in a, an arcade type setting, just, you know, as long as it's safe and not making people sick, it would just be incredible. Yeah. So anyway, we're, so we're working on that, on that concept. And, uh, and uh, you know, we're doing, actually we're, we're, um, with, we, we've actually been, I don't know, you're familiar with the company Arcade One Up? Yeah. Like the mini, the mini uh, video cabinets. Yeah, those guys are great. So we've been, we've been hanging out with those guys and uh, talking about doing a collaboration with them, possibly right to, to bring some of the classics into the, into their format. And, uh, you know, very nice. 
And, uh, I, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing what they've done with these little mini arcade cabinets. And they're, they're so cool. cool. Yeah, I, I, I would have a whole bunch of them if I had any more room, but I've, <laughs> I've got so many damn action figures and now production equipment in my basement that I, I don't have room, but they're incredible. So does that mean we may see mini Robotron and mini def like some of your classics possibly. and some of your babies? Yeah, possibly. Oh, so man. You know, working on it, uh, working on, you know, some, and, and maybe some some new things, too. Um, oh, that's great. But uh, um, so that's uh you know, really exciting. They're they're coming out with this. I guess it's it's on the street now. Uh, NBA Jam. Yes. And it's 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 really a a uh, you know wonderful uh, um, port of that game. And a beautiful uh, beautiful game. Yeah. So um, so you know it's it's uh, all of a sudden you know it's they're not just eye candy. They're not just you know. I mean, it's funny. Like there's a lot of video games that you think like, oh my God, you know, I played pole position and that was so cool, you know, back in 1980, you know, and then you play like pole, yeah, I go to a classic arcade and I play pole <laughs> position and I like, and I, I never get beyond the first curve, you know, like I'm, I'm yeah. the corner and I hit that boulder, I'm like, you know, like, oh my God, you know, like I can't do this, you know, and, uh, and so some of the games may, you know, are pretty basic and you might not play them but but I think uh, some of the games have great play value, you know, and yeah. uh, that's what I, I love. I think some of these later games from the the '90s era, I mean, the the play value you're talking about, like with an NBA Jam, is you know you could Endless. play you could play it for for months, you know, and and yeah. uh, and so that I think that's really cool. And, and so the home arcade, I think, you know, not only you'll have it in your pocket, but you're going to have your home arcade you know everybody's gonna have a home arcade too in the, in the real cabinets you know so what what a journey yeah. you're on man like yeah. <laughs> sort of being one of the founders of the arcade industry and then seeing it all move into the home and then you go back into arcades and now you're making arcades for homes like what right. what it never <laughs> so it never it never stops but, <laughs> but i you know anything that i think the cool thing is to get the kids involved with that format, you know, and yeah, because there, you know, there is life beyond the tablet, you know, <laughs> there is totally life. dude. And, and I, uh, my daughter's come with me, uh, you know, she was a little bit younger, but she's come with me on trips like to Portland. And we were in the UK where there were this, this great, uh, uh, you know, arcade on a dock. And she just is lit up by all of that stuff. It's incredible. It, there, there is something so, unique and precious about the whole arcade scene and i'm so thrilled that you continue in that space yeah. i know that you've been working with lots of licensed type you know things yeah. i've seen you do a bat batman game and the right. jurassic park stuff and is is there something that you are dying to make that you know maybe you're chasing the rights for or is there like a you know a beloved property out there that you want to put the eugene jarvis you know stamp on um man that's uh I tell you, I'd love to do an arcade version of Fortnite. Um, cool. And uh, I, you know, I'm I, I'm gonna have to, you know, have like a hundred million dollar Kickstarter for that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think that would be really cool to, you know, bring that experience and um, kind of. I mean, we had a really fun time. We did the Halo. I don't know if you Halo. Fire yes. Team. And uh, you know, just incredible. Um, environment. I mean, I think the world's largest video game ever created, <laughs> and that's fantastic. And, and uh, but the um, it was so much fun to get that you know in a, in a four-player cooperative mode. 
you know, and uh, it, it's just such a great family game that um, um, really introduced all kinds of kids to the whole Halo universe. And um, that was just, it's kind of jury. So that was, you know, a thing we've been working on for years, you know, trying to get that. And so, um, uh, you know, there's, there's, uh, you know, we've always wanted to do a Star Wars thing, you know, and uh, yeah. um, as, as, you know, our, our checking account wasn't quite there, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there, there's the, uh, you know, there, it is, it's, there, there is, there's like these dream, you know, the, the, you know, the, you're talking about the bucket list, you know, the, uh, but every game designer, they've got, you know, that 30 games that they've got to finish before they die, you know, and, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, uh, it's just, an, it's a never ending, <laughs> never ending task. I'd love to see you do an Indiana Jones game. Yeah, yeah, that would that would be totally cool. Uh, actually, maybe VR, man. That, that actually, you know, that could be uh, that could be the format, man. That would be that boulders coming out, <laughs> coming down. Boulders on and mine, <laughs> mine carts and falling yeah. out of airplanes. Uh, I think I think you would have a lot of fun crafting something in that space. That would be great. I guess we need to get some new feedback design yeah. device of like, you know, being beaten to death with like foam, <laughs> foam sticks or something. You know? Uh, you know, get get a little more, you know, maybe mild mild electroshock therapy. You know, just uh... we're 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 designing on the run right now with Eugene Jarvis. That's incredible. That's awesome. Yes, please make that happen. Listen, I I know you're getting phone calls, and I appreciate your your time with us today. It is uh, an honor to uh, to chat with you, and I remain a, a fan of yours forever. Um, I can't wait to play the new games that you're working on, and and uh, I will always play the classic games that you've worked on. And uh, just thank you, sir. You are the best, and uh, it was great to chat. Hey, thank you, Victor. Man, you're just. Uh... You know, you're awesome, and I, I just love the way you're keeping the the game scene so so alive and vibrant. You know, with uh, with your with your with your podcast, man. It's just uh, I love I love uh, I love watching your stuff, man. Oh, thank you, Eugene. You are the best. That is uh, Eugene Jarvis, everybody. Make sure you play. Well, he's got a lot of games for you to play, so you better get going because you busy <laughs> for a while. But thank you to Eugene Jarvis, and thank you all for watching. We will see you very soon. And until then, you know what to do play forever.